Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal achievers, welcome, members of the Miracle Morning community, Tal Elrod, and uh, how are you doing today? Hope you're well. Today, I'm going to talk to, well, I just finished talking to, but you're about to hear me talking to a friend of mine, Giovanni Marsico. And Giovanni, if you don't know who he is, he's the founder of Archangel. And in 2012, Giovanni had a dream to literally change the world by seeking out other mission-driven what he calls superhero entrepreneurs who wanted to do the same. And the grand vision for Giovanni uh, was to start a network, a community, a tribe of people that were like him who wanted to create a massive impact. And then Giovanni dedicated himself to kind of putting together, providing them with the resources and the funding and the connections they needed to achieve their missions. And I met Gio when he brought me in to speak at, I think it was his second Archangel event. And then I think I came back to the third one. And he and I have been friends, uh, I don't know, since 2014. And I should say kind of acquaintances. We're not friends where we talk all the time, but he's one of those just good hearted human beings where, you know, I cannot talk to him for three or four years, but when I talk to him, I just, I know his heart. I know who he is. And we just pick right up where we left off. And uh, today you're going to be the witness of us picking right up where we left off because this is not an interview so much as it is a conversation without really any preparation. As soon as we jumped on, we hadn't talked in years. I just texted him the other day, said, hey, uh, he has this new documentary out that you'll hear me talk with him about. And I watched it and I was blown away. And I texted him, I said, Gio, this is incredible. Like every person on the planet needs to see this. And he's like, wow, thanks, it means a lot. And then like a few minutes later, I'm like, well, wait a minute, I should bring him on the podcast and introduce Gio and and this film to you guys. The film is called Dreamers. We talk a lot about it. I promise this isn't like supposed to be a commercial for the film. Although at the end I told him, I'm like, I hope that didn't feel like a commercial because I know I was like really amped about the movie. You know, I asked Gio what's the best advice that he has for you. He's friends with Seth Godin and Gary Vaynerchuk and I'm, I'm missing about three dozen people probably. He's really well connected and people love Giovanni Marsico. Like anybody that knows Gio loves him. Again, he leads with his heart. He is here to make a difference in the world. And today we're going to talk about how do you make your dreams a reality? Uh, If you've got a big dream, but you don't know what to do about it, you don't know where to get started. These are all questions I asked Gio. And one of my favorite questions and favorite answers from him is I ask him, you know, how do you connect with like-minded people or not even like-minded people, that people though, that their mind might be beyond yours, right? But how do you connect with people so you can surround yourself with folks and be influenced by individuals who are playing life at the highest level so that you can learn from them and let it rub off on you so you can do the same. So I love this conversation with Giovanni. I hope you will too. And I love y'all. Talk to you soon. Enjoy. Gio, what's up, buddy? How how the heck are you? (laughs) Dude, it's been like I was trying to remember a few minutes ago before we started chatting. I'm like, how long has it been since we talked? And it's been like three years. I mean, it doesn't feel like it, but it's been a few years. I have a distinct memory of us at dinner somewhere. At where, Genius Network? No, another dinner where oh. you were rapping. 
I don't know if we can talk about that. <laughs> and I, I, may I, have been I do deep rap wrestling. on occasion, so no, that, that's okay. I didn't, I didn't even remember that, though. That's funny. Yeah, awesome. Was it Kevin Donahue's dinner? No, in Toronto. You were here for speaking, I think. And this is a while ago. I just had this funny memory. It, it was, what song was it? Either The Fresh Prince or... Like Humpty Dance or Ice Ice like Baby, maybe? Ice Ice Baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I don't remember that I was... What was I... Why was I rapping? Why did that come up? I have no idea. All right, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say that someone forced me to do it and that I didn't do it on my own. That's my claim since I don't remember. Yeah, yeah and, we, and then in Arizona again. Yeah, I think it was right before I got cancer, I think, right? I don't know that I'd seen you since then. No. So here's the deal. By the way, if you're listening to this, Gio and I got on, I go, hey, I want to catch up on recording. So he and I haven't like prepped. I want to share with you, though, this is why I reached out to you. You have a new documentary that came out, Dreamer. Yes. Is it Dreamer or Dreamers? Dreamer. Dreamer. Okay, Dreamer. I keep messing that up. So Dreamer. And let me be very transparent here, right? We have a documentary, the Miracle Morning documentary is coming out in December. So while I wanted to watch your film anyway, my mind was like, okay, I really want to see how this documentary, you know, how Geo did this, right? Because we're actually in final edits right now. We still have time to make a few changes. So I'm like, I want to see the documentary and I want to study like, how is he launching this to the world, right? I did not know that I was going to love, I mean, I love your work, like I love your stuff, but I think I was, I'm so much in the mindset of like, we're launching a documentary and I'm like, ooh, what could I learn from Geo? I didn't realize I was going to get sucked in <laughs> and love the film so much. And I just text you and I think there was some expletives in there. Like this is effing <laughs> like great work, man. I am so proud of you. Every human being on the planet needs to watch this film. I said, but specifically every high school and especially high school, but high school and college student. I just text John, Bro you know, John Broman. Yes. He's the founder of Front Row Dads. I said, hey, John, you need to watch this with your kids. Actually, I talked to him today. I said, we got to watch this. He goes, will you share it in the Front Row Dads group? I said, absolutely. I've shared it like a lot of places. So anyway, I, I, I immediately said, will you come on the podcast? I want to talk about the film and I want to get ev everybody that's all my listeners to watch it. So Let's start there, man. Um, what is the Dreamer documentary? like? What, and, and then I want to talk about who you are so people kind of get it context. But I just want to start with the film itself. Like, why did you create this? Who is it for? You know, what, what's it about? Just, uh, just riff, man. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for giving me this chance to talk about it. I'll share the origin story. I was approached by the director of the film, Nick Nanton, who yeah. uh, is incredible at what he does. And kudos to him and his team for the editing and the production of the film. It's way better than I could have ever imagined. And he had created a film showcasing the story of human trafficking, and he did mm -hmm. it with Russell Brunson. And to, to raise wait, money- wait, wait, for, Real quick, what is, I did not know about that film. What is that called? Operation Toussaint, I think it's called. But it's about the Underground Railroad for human trafficking, and it's an amazing film. But it's, it's, it's dramatic. It's about human trafficking. Yeah. And they used the film to raise money for that charity to help that cause. And it happened because Russell has an awesome community. He said, well, Giovanni, you have the Archangel community and would you be interested in doing something like this? Because it's, it's awesome work and, and fun. And I said, yes, absolutely. But I, I don't want something dramatic. I want something positive, hmm. motivational, uplifting. And the idea and the storyline I came up with was showcasing people who've had giant dreams and have actually executed on them to make big impact. And it's mm. it's in line with what we do, but I didn't want it to be self-promotional. I didn't want it to be a like a, about me, really. I, I'm, yeah. I'm one of the stories in the movie, but it's yeah. not about me. And the idea was to inspire people like us in our network to dream bigger and make bigger change. But then when I got the first cut, yeah. 
I cried like five times. And then yeah. I realized this isn't just for us. This is for everybody. And especially young people. Yeah. The people whose lights are dimmed because of their environments and being told, stop, whatever, stop dreaming, stop being so loud, get your head out of the clouds, whatever that messaging is that I think a lot of us have gone through. Yeah. And my whole thing was imagine millions of younger people can see this. And we tested it with the adults who love it and younger people who love it. And we did a premiere week to test and screen it to see what would happen. And 100,000 people watched it. And people were saying, I've seen it five times. I had to get my kids to watch it. So we knew we, we were onto something. And now, like the film launches in the fall, but you can watch it for free as a screening. Yeah, and it's uh, dreamerdocumentary.com. I'll just, I'll put that out there, dreamerdocumentary.com. So I watched it for my second time today. The first time I was by myself last week, my wife and kids were out of town. And uh, my wife today, her and I watched it together over lunch. And uh, she loved it. And then, you know, I told her, I said, I want to watch this with our daughter, Sophie, who is 10 or just turned 11 yesterday. One of the things I loved, and I, I think I told you this in text, is that you addressed ADHD and not you specifically, but there were, I think, at least two of the people featured in the film, two of the dreamers um, that were featured in the film addressed ADHD. And uh, one of them, I forget his name, talked about all three of my kids were diagnosed with ADHD. And they're all, they're kicking butt, right? Like they're all, they're all so successful in what they do. And that ADHD, you know, it's, I think, you know, big pharma thought, right, hey, what's a way we could create a diagnosis for people that are, you know, right? Like they're always looking for ways to prescribe drugs. Yeah. And uh, like I was diagnosed with ADHD. But to me, the way I look at ADHD is you have a mind that races and wanders and therefore stumbles upon great ideas. And, you know, and the more I've studied ADHD, because my daughter was diagnosed too, like unofficially by her teacher or something or another <laughs> student or whatever. And she's like, dad, I have ADHD. I'm like, congratulations. Like, that's not a limitation, you know, right. and you learn how to work with it, right? Kind of like if you're an introvert, right? You learn how to work with it. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, you know? So I love how that was really addressed as if you have ADHD, yeah, congrats. Like that's a stellar quality of some of the world's most successful, most impactful people. How did you get into the work that you do? Because before I met you, you brought me in to speak at Archangel Academy, which is like your flagship event. And I want to tell anyone that's not been to that event, Archangel Academy, by the way, are you going to run that anymore? I know you're doing the Dreamers Festival online pretty soon. So we scaled it up to an event called Archangel Summit, which uh, had thousands of people every fall coming. And this year, because of all this weirdness in the world, we thought we can't do an in-person event for 3,000 people. So we we thought let's do bigger and we're creating an event called dreamer festival that's connected to the film yeah. for 10,000 people who are going to log in all live um, September 26. So that that's what's happening this year. So that's your and, event this year. Yeah. Got it. So I met you, you brought me in to speak at Archangel and I've actually, I think I've spoken twice now. And the second year I brought people with me cause it was, I was blown away. And at the first event I was texting my business partner, John Berghoff, cause we put on events and I'm like, like, dude, <laughs> what you do, you create this like multi-sensory experience with, you know, it opened up with like an opera singer and like, you know, right. And there were like dancers and it was this amazing experience. And most events are just, you, all right, everybody, we got a speaker, listen up, take notes. Great. Right. And like, you just created this amazing event. And so talk about how did you get, get into the work that you do now that you've been doing for years and that kind of led to dreamer, but yeah, how'd you get into this work? Cause I know real estate used to be your thing. Yeah. So thank you. The company's called Archangel and we've been doing events since 2014. And But I've been doing events since I was uh, 16 years old. So I've had experience design in my DNA forever. And during the real estate days, 
I started attending masterminds and joining groups and uh, probably where I met you originally, like um, I'm assuming, actually I can't remember, probably Joe Polish's group. Might have been Network. Genius Network, uh, Joe Polish's event, yeah. And I, I loved all the groups I was in, but I always felt like a bit of an alien because the things I wanted to talk about were impact and mission. So I started this during my real estate to have an event of people like me. It was business, it was entrepreneurial, and it was like, how do we scale the business? But really it was about how to scale the impact. Yeah. And it took off to the point where I had to quit real estate and go all in with, with the project. And that's what we've been doing for six years and building this global community of leaders and change makers who want to make big impact. So clarify, and I think you just did in, in what you said, but what, how do you define an archangel, right? Yeah, how, how do you define that? It's a leader or entrepreneur who is led by mission to create some kind of change in the world and some kind mm. of impact and also wants to make a lot of money to fuel that mission. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I love that. You know, and it's mission first, right? It's like, yeah, I want to change the world. I want to change lives. And I've learned that, right? The more income you have, the more impact right. you can make, whether it's a direct, you know, just donating money to charity, right? Or expanding your reach so you can change more lives and impact more people. So I love that about you. So when did you start? So Nick approached you about doing a documentary, right? Nick Nanton, who I also met at Joe Polish's event. When was that again? I kind of want to know the dreamer, like how this documentary played out. That was two years ago when he approached me okay. with the idea of doing something. And then I said yes a couple months later and I gave him the idea and the theme. And then we started reaching out to people in our network who could be in the movie and we started planning the whole production. Okay, got it. So Nick and his crew went and filmed. Did you go on location for any of the filmings or you were on I location? Yeah. yeah, it was so much fun. Most um, of them? Were you on most of them? Yeah. So part of it was, uh, this is getting a bit strategic, but we yeah. filmed a lot at our last event. So we, ah. people who were speaking at my event, because they were already in town, we, we leveraged that opportunity to get footage. We went to Dean Kamen's house. So Dean is in the movie. He's an inventor and a billionaire. And like his house is, I don't know, 40,000 square feet. And it was the <laughs> get most, out. It's insane. He's like, he's like a real life Iron Man. Um, he has like a workshop in his house where he builds things. Yeah. He kind of looks a little Tony Starkish too, like a little yeah. bit. Yeah he, has, yeah, he has a garage for his helicopter. Like, like it's just the most. Wow, dude, I, I, I would have definitely been on that shoot. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then we went to X Prize headquarters to film there. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had. What's interesting, I had just seen Peter Diamandis's film that Nick Nanton did as well, Visioneer. I had just watched that. I think for the second time on a flight a couple of weeks ago. So it was cool to see his story brought back into the film. In fact, my wife today she didn't know Peter's story at all, and um, we were watching, and she was like. What? If you don't know, by the way, check out that film Visioneer. Peter Diamandis wanted to go to space. That was his dream. He realized he couldn't be an astronaut. So he decided to get creative and he modeled this thing where uh, the strategy where they used a prize to fund innovation. And he put up a $10 million prize for the first team that could create an aircraft that would fly to space, orbit for, you know, I don't know, three minutes, come back and land and do it a second time within two weeks. And I think like NASA's never done that, right? This was like... Yeah, it was all private. Yeah, because and well, well, but it hasn't like NASA had never, do you know if I'm correct in that they had never achieved that where they had used the same aircraft, come back down and because like normally don't they have a rocket that burns up and just falls into right. the atmosphere and costs millions? But from what I understand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could be wrong. Don't quote me. I'm, I'm not an astronaut or anything in that realm. But, um, but yeah, so this, I mean, radical. And so, and the funny part is he didn't have the $10 million prize, right, right. when he promised it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just a fascinating story. And then he just went out on faith 
and was like, all right, I'll figure out how to get the 10 million, but he'd already announced it and then pulled that off. That was really cool. Now, I know you have the Dreamer, the film. What's the response been like, by the way? I know you said people, I've watched it five times. Like, give me some more. What are you hearing? It's been so blissful for me and, and heartwarming. People I don't know, that's the best part. So when, when you build a community, you have a relationship with people and they know who you are. There's a bond there, but I'm getting hundreds of emails from people we don't even know who've watched the film saying how it's changing their lives and it's changing how they're thinking about things and it, it's given them hope and now they're believing in, in a new way and it's helped a family member and it's all of this within a week of doing an online premiere. So I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface yet and we're just getting started. Do you have a plan of like, how do we get this in front of high school students? You know, every high school student and college student, I feel like both. In fact, I feel like you need to watch it every year of high school <laughs> and then like every year of college because, you know, it's like most ideas, you know, for it to really sink in. But I don't know, is that something like, is there an initiative? Because I'd love to put energy behind that. That is like phase two. So phase yeah. one is getting as much of the people in, in our networks to watch it and then be ambassadors for it. Uh, we're going to release it on Amazon Prime in the fall. And then leveraging all of that to get to the next level of how do we get it into schools and shown as much as possible. Yeah, I, I can relate. As you're launching a movie, it's like there's a bazillion, you know, it's like you got to take it. Well, okay, first, <laughs> let's focus on the, the premiere. And then like, then we'll look at, you know, the other pieces of it. But in terms of the film, was there anything for you that was surprising, either positive or, you know, negative, like in terms of, it could be any part of it, I guess it could be in the making of it, or in how it came out? Because I know for me, there's some aspects of like making the film, certain things surprised me. And then when it, well, it's almost done, but now that it's pretty much done looking back. So I'm wondering, anything surprise you good, but bad or, or both? I don't know if surprise is the right word. I, I think where I was the most wowed was in Nick's editing team to take like 40 hours of footage. Wow. And narrow it down into one story arc that makes sense and that's powerful and then the use of of music like yeah. the, the things that you don't realize are so yeah. powerful the story like it's editing it's music it's like imagine any movie in a theater like any superhero movie and took out the music it would be yeah. just It'd be odd boring you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't understand the power of it until you see all these things coming together and then color editing all these things that i knew nothing about like, yeah wow. Yeah, no, I can relate. Yeah, it is interesting because when you make a film, when you make a documentary, maybe any film, but for me, I only have, I'm only close to the documentary. It's the making of the documentary, right? Like the filming of it is one phase. And then, yeah, that's not making a movie. That's collecting 40 hours of footage, which God bless the editors, because <laughs> that is the hardest part is, is watching 40 hours of footage, taking not only the best of the 40 hours down to like, you know, one hour to an hour and a half but also making it all make sense together, right? right? And like, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really wild. And I've been, it's been amazing to see the different iterations too. Like, you know, our first cut, you know, I was like, wow, that's great. And then I'm like, ah, oh, but there's things that I feel like could be better. And then cut number two, cut number three, cut number four, you know, just going on and on. If somebody's watching or listening to this, I guess, what's the biggest takeaway for you? Or not even the biggest takeaway, I guess you could almost start with your intention making the film. If someone's watching, listening to this, they're not going to watch it. Well, maybe I'll put it on YouTube. I don't know. 
I don't usually do video, but uh, I wanted to look at you. But if somebody's listening and or watching this right now and they have a dream, there's something inside of them. Maybe they don't even know what the dream is, but they're like, you know, I don't love my job. Like I want to do something more or, you know, with what your mission is, like I want to change the world. Like I want to impact, but I need to make money. Like I don't know how to do both. In terms of why you made the film and and what it's going to do for people, like what's something you could share with people right now? Like if you have a dream and you don't know what to do other than watch Dreamer, like, yeah, I'd recommend that. But like, what do you do? What's the first step? How do you go from, I've just worked a nine to five my whole life, or maybe I'm, maybe they're in college or just starting a nine to five, whatever. But like, how do you go from, I don't know what step to take to that first step that actually opens up your world of possibilities? Part of the making of this movie was to try to look for patterns to figure mm. out what, what was it about the people featured in the film that allowed them to pursue what they were doing, even though they had crazy resistance and friction and people telling them that they're stupid or crazy. And what was it about people in our network who are quote unquote successful? It's never come easy. There's always roadblocks and obstacles. And what I want to figure out is what pattern emerged that I can teach people. And part of it, for us, like even me and you, is our is community and network and relationship. And to be around people who dream bigger than you, to lead by example, if you don't have that environment of people telling you what's possible, you assume that the limitation that's been placed on you is what's possible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the people in the movie, like Naveen Jain that you talked about with his three kids, I met him at one of Joe's events and he's just Naveen, he's just a typical guy until you find out he's a billionaire who has... <laughs> the first private citizen to get permission to fly to the moon. And he has like three other companies that are doing crazy things. And to be around inspiring people like that, to realize there's nothing different genetically. We're all human. What is different about them? It's environment. So I thought, how could I create the environment for people that don't have access to these networks? And that's why the movie came out. It was like, if you can be inspired by the stories and realize that these people are actually real and exist, you know me, I love comic books and I love superheroes Yeah, and I, all things, you know, Marvel and X-Men and all that. But part of the intention was to make a real life superhero movie with people who are alive doing big, impactful things to inspire the next generation of superheroes Yeah, and, and understanding that a superhero can be real too. You don't have to be able to fly and defy gravity or whatever, but yeah. we all have a gift. Yeah. We all have a story. We all have a way of impacting other people. And to me, that is a superhero. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you can, you can save someone's life with love, right? You can save someone's life with a few dollars. I mean, you know what I mean? I love that takeaway or that lesson because it goes back to the Jim Rohn quote, right? The famous, you are the average of the five people you right. spend the most time with. And what I love that you said, in fact, as you were talking about that, I'm going in my head asking, well, but gosh, what about someone that doesn't have access? It's so funny. I was like, what about someone that doesn't have, they don't have people in their life that are dreamers, that are thinking big, that are, they right? Do. Like, they, 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 they're, they're all, limited. They do, and they're all behind me right now. So if you're going to post this video, these are all my heroes, right? Yep. If you're listening in my library, and there's probably a thousand books behind me, three of which are probably yours. <laughs> <laughs> See? Nice. Miracle morning. There you go. Gio, um, I have 12 books. You only have three of them. What? The, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to right. So growing up, the books I read were my superheroes. I didn't know them yet. Yeah. And now I'm friends with a lot of these people, but that's yeah. because I've read their books. I, I think it's not just about reading it. It's about implementing and taking action. Yeah. And that's where it starts. So true. I think that 
you know, I talk about mentors, how, you know, obviously it's important to have a mentor. And I go, but the mentor, you can get the greatest mentor in the world for 15 to $20 on Amazon, right? And you think about it too, if you sat down, like you think about what somebody would pay, what they would do, or just how much they would value to sit down with one of their heroes for like an hour, right? But one hour talking to somebody, you can't get nearly as much value as buying their book, right? right? I mean, you know, very rarely because- their book is not one hour of their knowledge. It's 40 years of their knowledge distilled. And it took them a year to clarify, kind of like editing a film from 40 hours down to 90 minutes, right? It's editing 40 years of your life down to 200 pages, right? Right. And on Amazon, or not even Amazon, on Google, right? You can go, you can find articles, you can find free books, you can, I mean, there's so many options. So I, I love that. I love that A, books being the opportunity to surround yourself with people that are dreaming, thinking big, and I love that you made this film to introduce people to, you know, I was inspired by these individuals and, you know, these are billionaires. These are people flying the moon. You know, the, what's the gal's name that she was the first armless pilot, no arms, and she flies with her feet. A, how old is she and what was her name? Her name is Jessica Cox and I am not 100% sure what her age is. Okay. And I, I don't like getting people's ages wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, she's incredible. She, she does everything with her feet. Um, yeah, she drives, flies, planes. I mean- Incredible, right? And 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 to watch that, it's like you just kind of go, man. Any excuses that I've been, you know, <laughs> that I've been using to uh, justify settling for less than I really want, they kind of go out the window. Back to the books too. There's a yeah. message in the film that people think there's an education crisis, and it, mm-hmm. it's not. It's a culture crisis. And and what Dean mentions mm-hmm. is that most kids who are their role models, and it's like athletes and models and magazine covers portray a very specific type of role model. But what if people looked up to entrepreneurs and inventors and scientists and authors in the way that we do, right? Because that's who we are. That's the world we've created. And that's what I want for younger people to understand that there's options. Do you feel like with with what's going on in the world right now, right? And, And that's a loaded question slash statement, right? Are we talking about COVID? Are we talking about the riots? We talk, right? Like there's a lot of chaos in the world right now. If, if someone again is listening right now and they've been fearful and stressed, right? I, I, you know, I saw a poll the other day that like one in two Americans are describing that like th- they're having mental health issues like they've never had before, right? Like one in two, which is, you know, it's crazy. So, I mean, the, the mental health crisis right now is crazy. What are your thoughts on navigating this environment in terms of does that limit someone? These crazy times that we're living in, does that limit someone? Does it create opportunities? Is it something that you just have to disregard because you go, look, it's out of my control. I got to just not put my energy into what I can't control and focus on what I can control, which is which books I read and which films I watch and what action I take. So I'm just wondering if you have, in the context of the pandemic and all the things going on in the world, all the challenges that the world is faced with, does that change how someone approaches going after their dreams? I think there's always a crisis and there's always something going on and there's always a thing to be afraid of. And right now we're in a time when all of the fear gets amplified by both media, social media, all these things. And part of my personal mission is to be the first domino in the other direction to make people understand that everything starts internally first mm-hmm. and, and goes outward, not the other way around. If we can create a spark of hope for people in a positive way and realize there is always opportunity and there's always an opportunity to serve. 
Yeah. And to help other people. And the more crisis there is, the more chaos there is, the bigger the opportunity to help. And I don't mean to be opportunistic and take advantage of people. I mean to actually serve at a deeper level yeah. because more people need help right now. If you can be centered and understand that things happen in cycles always. So right now, this is the current thing we're in and it's crazy and different and different is a superpower. And you can leverage the difference to look for a new opportunity to help people in a different way. Perfect example, like tech people look at me and say, you're in the event business, you're in the live event business and we can't gather people. I could have said, you know what, you're right, I'm gonna quit. Or not make it about me and the thing I do, but make it about the people I serve and how can I help them get to their bigger future in a different way. So now we have this movie and now we have this Dreamer Festival, which is an online experience. Yeah. But it's live and people can connect with other people like them from around the world. Yeah. In and you can, way, you can reach more people, right? Right. Because yeah. there's not the, the barrier of travel to Toronto or, you know, wherever. Exactly. I think Long Beach was, didn't you have an archangel in Long Beach? That was one of the ones that I spoke We've about. done a bunch in California. So uh, Long Beach, LA, San Diego, and then we do our flagship one in Toronto, the Big Big Wheel. But again. Yeah, yeah I, haven't, I haven't been to the Big Big one. The two that I went to were, were in uh, in California. Yeah. I love this, man. I, I love the work that you're doing. Switching gears a little bit, just in general, in terms of the like some of the guiding philosophy for you that has allowed you to become successful. Like sometimes I get asked, like, what's the best advice you were ever given that you live by? And I go, you know, it was do the right thing, not the easy thing, right? It was so simple, but it's like, that was 20 years ago. And rarely does a day go by where I'm not faced with a choice. I'm like, should I eat that or that? I'm like, well, do the right thing, not the easy thing. Eat the healthy thing, right? Alarm goes off. Uh, should I get it? I kind of want to sleep. Wait, do the right thing. Not the, right. So it's this guiding principle that keeps me doing what I perceive to be the right thing. So I'm just wondering, like, what's your best piece of advice kind of question? Yeah. I love patterns. It's, it's one of my gifts to spot them. And over the past 10 years, I've had the privilege and honor of being around people like you and people who've done really big things and all in different niches and all in different fields and all cross cultures, cross everything. But I've always been trying to figure out what is the common pattern that's helped people grow, especially entrepreneurs. And I have this thing called the four currencies. I'll, I'll share it with you because I think it's super impactful. When anyone is starting off at the beginning of anything, the currency they have the most abundance is time. And they can trade that in for what I call your gift, which is the value that you create in the world. You can then trade your gift for your relationships. And this is the key thing for people that we surround ourselves with that most people don't understand how important relationship capital is as a currency. And then you can leverage and trade that currency for reputation and brand and platform. And it's an exponential curve. So the first 20 iterations are grueling and slow and, and most people give up. But if you keep going, deepening your gift and the value that you create and deepening your relationships, eventually you become an overnight success after a few years. Right? Yeah, it's like, a decade, right? That's yeah. in your overnight success. Right. I'm glad you, you talked about relationship capital. I want to touch on that with you because you're one of the most connected people that I know, right? You and Joe Polish, you know, the people that you have at your event, Gary Vaynerchuk, and you know, they're just, you're surrounded by people that are like-minded givers, changing the world, and they love you. And again, a lot of them are in this movie, right? So talk about that. What are your strategies, I guess? You can include how you implemented them, but like, what are your strategies for how do you develop that relationship capital? How do you add value and connect with people that you feel are out of your league, right? Like you said, and I, I relate to that where 
some of the people that are my friends, like we were watching the Miracle Morning movie the other day. And I'm like, it's so crazy to think that these people, I read their books, I used to like marvel at them. And now I text them. <laughs> you yeah, know? Like, so now weird. they're in the movie that we made. Like, it's so weird. So yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what are some strategies that our listeners can take away to develop relationship capital that have worked for you? I have this philosophy. I call it the aligned path. So the idea is every human is walking their own path, their own journey, and they have a bigger future that they want to get to, no matter in their context, in their definition. No matter how successful you are, no matter how old you are, everyone has that. And to me, it's about understanding the other person's path and where they want to go. And how can you help them get there faster, even if you don't benefit in any way? And to me, that's the biggest, most important relationship thing. And like you mentioned, the speakers at our events, I want to share how I invited Seth Godin to speak at our first summit, and I had no relationship with him. And usually, there's a connection. Someone can make an introduction. With Seth, I didn't have that. And I can't wait for this story. All right, let's hear it. I have to pitch him cold. So I thought, well, what is Seth's path and what does he want? He's written, whatever, 20 best-selling books. So I emailed him. The only thing I knew was that he checks his email. And I emailed them and my pitch was, I'm your biggest fan. And I'm sure you've heard that a million times. And I've read every book and I'm sure you've heard that a million times. But here's the thing I know you haven't heard a million times. I've actually implemented the things from your book. And I'm going to show you how I'm a case study for you. And I I walked him book by book. Like I read Purple Cow and then this is what I did. And here's the result. I read Tribes. Here's what I did. Here's the results. And because of me being your student, I now have this successful business. And I'm about to do this event that only exists because of you. So I would love to make this come full circle and have you speak at this event. And his response was like, how do I say no to this? So the idea is someone like him, you know, what does he want? It's not necessarily about the money anymore. He's successful. He has all these things. I think for me, someone like him is feeling valued that all of the pain and suffering and, and failures he's been through has meaning. His work matters. And understanding that someone's paying attention. And that's what I wanted to share. So I think for anybody, it's understanding the other person's path and where they want to go and what has meaning and fulfillment for them and helping them on that journey first before you even think about asking for anything. Yeah, I love, so two things that you shared. One is, and I always shared in more of a dumbed down version, which is, you know, just find a way to add value for that person, right? And you're giving a specific, well, add value by figuring out what's their path, what do they want, right? And then looking to contribute in that way. So that's great as a strategy and that can be universally applied for anybody, right? Like for me, I've done it. A big one is I committed when I wrote The Miracle Morning to donate 10% of the royalties to nonprofits, right? And I did not know The Miracle Morning would sell millions of copies or whatever, which has been just a huge blessing, right? I've been able to donate so much more money than I ever imagined to charity, but that's a way that I've been able to connect with someone. It's a win-win, right? If they've got a charity that they really believe in, you know, I, I always save up every month, like the Miracle Morning royalties that come in, they go into this donation account and then it'll sometimes save up, you know, get up to $5,000 or $10,000. And then I'll donate that to someone's charity. If, if I believe in the charity, of course, I'm not just going to do it just because, but right, that's finding something someone really matters to them. And then you're contributing in a big way. In fact, it was just the other day, uh, Lewis Howes is in the Miracle Morning movie. And I was looking through my voicemails and I had a a folder where people that were in the movie that had left me a message when I had cancer saying like, hey, I hope you get better, da, 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 da. Why I donated $5,000 to Lewis's charity. And he sent me a message and he was like, Hal, thank you so much for that. You are the number one donor of anyone that donated, right? And then I think I texted him back like, hey, want to be in my movie or something like that. It was something along those lines. But, But anyway, so I love that 
general, that, that strategy, that philosophy, right, is just figure out what someone's path is, figure out what their mission is, figure out what's important to them, and then find a way to, to help them get there to contribute. But beyond that, the specific strategy that you just shared, what you did with Seth, like, Gio, you're so freaking smart. I love that. And I think that anybody listening, guys, that's gold. Like, write that <laughs> down because guess what? You can model that. Every right. person that's out there that's written a book or multiple books, go read their book, go implement and reach out to them and do exactly what Gio did, right? I'm not surprised if somebody reached out to me with, you know, and said, hey, I've read all you know, of your books and here's how I implemented them. Like he said, like Seth said, how can I say no to that, right? You know, and I think that for me, when people reach out, when, you know, fans or people reach out with something, you know, like part of it is just taking the time, right? Not just to, hey, I'm really a huge fan. Will you do something for me? Versus like in the mail, you know, one of those video, like Gaynard does those video, right? It's like a, it's a video player, a yeah. single use video player that uh, I don't know if it's good for the environment, but you know, and then they're recording a video and you open it up and you turn it on and you hit play and there's this video just for you. Right. And it's like, of course, I'm going to reach out to that person and call them back. And, you know, cause they went over and above to connect with me. So anyway, anything else to share, man, before we wrap this up in terms of anything that can add value, anything that uh, people listening should know about you or about dreamer or about themselves. I have a feeling that once people see it, they're going to, get it. And please reach out to me and tell me how the movie has impacted you. Maybe the one thing to leave people with is the idea that as we grow up, like we're, we're, I, I believe we're all born, I'll use the word perfect. And then the environment shapes us, our, our family, whatever, all the things around us and force us to stop standing out and start trying to fit in. And then it creates this like anxiety in a lot of people where mm. they want to reveal them their true selves but they're afraid that by doing so, it'll be painful in some way. And I think understanding that the biggest gift you can share with people is yourself. And you already have that. You already have that as a superpower. And the more you stand out, the more you can share your gifts, the more you can actually build the most thriving either career or business or whatever you're doing based on being yourself. It's truth and it's it feels light. It's like easy once you're there. And like I've had my entire company is based around me being a comic book nerd and, and like all these crazy things that if I had to try to explain this to myself 10 years ago, I, I would have thought I was crazy. Yeah. And now it all exists. Yeah. So be yourself, right. Is the takeaway. And yeah, you're right. We, you know, we try to fit in, right. you know, and the best way to fit in, I think is to be yourself. And then you don't fit in by being like everybody else. You fit in because people like you for you, right. you know? Yeah, yeah man, that, that's beautiful. This film is beautiful. I am so grateful that you put this out into the world. It's not very often that I just text someone like, dude, you got to come on the show. Like I have to share this with people. And I really mean that. And uh, I think that everybody needs to watch this. So dreamerdocumentary.com, right, yes. is, the, is the spot to go to. It's free right now. And the way it works is you, you put in your email and then you actually get to pick what time you want to watch it at. And it gives you like three or four choices or whatever. So and I watched it at noon today during lunch. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, uh, Gio, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for the work that you have been doing ever since I've known you. And you know, you're one of those people that uh, everybody I know only good things about. I've never heard a negative word spoken about you. And that is because you are true to yourself. You're true to your values. You're true to your mission. And you get to benefit from that, but so do all of us. So I appreciate you. I love you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Al. I love you too, buddy. All right. Goal achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you uh, enjoyed this conversation with Giovanni as much as I did. 
go watch the film, watch it. I'm telling you, watch it by yourself if you want, but I would invite your family, your friends. I've shared this like crazy. I really, really, really believe in it. And uh, again, this came out of nowhere. Gio didn't reach out to me. Like I haven't talked to him in three or four years and I just happened to see it on Facebook and I watched it and I was blown away. So if you have a dream, this is for you. Dreamerdocumentary.com and Goal Achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will talk to y'all next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 